All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into a January 11th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Remchuk and Stephen Ellis with you on a Wednesday to talk some hockey. And, you know, Stephen, we really are passionate about what we do. In the seconds leading up to this show, I was trying to get an answer out of you. Kochetkov for Moritz Sider. Do I pull the trigger on this deal in my fantasy league? No, I just, uh, again, it depends on how, how important goalies are value. But, like, just Kochetkov, he's just, I love riding on him right now. He's just, he's so much fun to watch when he's, playing but who knows if he's on the roster a week or two from now steven ellis the uh, co-host and half of the puck poolies podcast so if you have some other fantasy hockey questions uh throw them into the youtube chat on the daily face off youtube maybe we'll carve out some time to get to a few of those in our inbox segment uh but let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with the hockey game we got last night on national tv between the panthers and the avalanche steven nothing makes me happier than when you sit down to watch one of these games that you know is being broadcast on espn and it delivers, and it just brings so much excitement. A 5-4 final for the Panthers, but the third period of this one was nuts. It was 4-1 Florida, and then you blink, and it's 4-4, but then a goal got disallowed, so it's 4-3, and then right back to 4-4 again, and then Florida finds a way to win it with Matthew Kachuk scoring his second of the game. It was a fascinating one, and for Florida, it brought them back up to 19 wins and 19 losses on the year. It is going to be really tough for them to make the postseason though if they want to get to 100 points they need 58 points in their final 40 games so they essentially have to go 29 and 11 down the stretch steven do you give the panthers any shot of using this as maybe a springboard to turning around their season 
Well, first off, I was watching the game. It was 3 nothing early. I'm like, okay, this game's over. Turn it back on, and it's like this 4-4. Four, four. It's like, oh, my God, what happened? Um, I I said it before. I'm, the Panthers, I'm just heading into the season. I wasn't thrilled with their, their summer. And, yeah, they went out there and got Kachuk, who was one of the biggest trade targets. But you had to give up so much to make that happen. And I think I, I don't even – I think everyone kind of agreed that having to trade Uyghur was a big deal. But I don't think anyone expected the impact of his loss to be as much as it is because – for, while Montour and Forsling have stood up, stood up this year a bit more than we expected, um, the goaltending was still a liability, and that hasn't helped them. And then obviously they've had some injuries up front, and I think they could have really used a guy uh, like Uyghur in the lineup. So I'm not totally confident about this group. I didn't think they would be missing the playoffs, but I did think they'd be closer to the bottom of the uh, the playoff race. Uh, the fact that they're probably on the other side looking in going forward is definitely not what I expected. And on the other side of this matchup, a loss in regulation on home ice for the Colorado Avalanche on a night where the Flames at least got a point. The St. Louis Blues beating them in overtime. So a bunch of teams around you managed to scoop up points. The Preds have won four in a row. And you look at the Avs who, you know, compared to the Panthers, not as much panic because I think there's more of a belief in this roster. They're starting to get healthier as well. And they've only played 39 games so far this season. But it's starting to get late early for the Avalanche. And if they don't pick it up quickly, like eventually you get to a point where the, you just fall behind the map. The Avs also are facing some pressure here in the next probably 10 games leading up to the deadline or 10, 20 games leading up to the deadline. Yeah, for, for the Avalanche, this was a team that everyone kind of expected to take a slight step down, especially with their goaltending. But uh, you look at how many injuries they've had to deal with this year, and I don't think it's mm -hmm. completely fair to really pin it on on that. Like, I think it's sort it's fair to pin it on the, the injuries as to why they're struggling because they still got most of that same core. Uh, goaltending has been hit or miss. Georgiev earlier in the season, I think, was a, having a much better run than he is having now. But it's hard when you're having to deal with all those injuries on the back end specifically to really go out there and have to shine every night. And I don't think France so has really stood up the way he could have. Um, yeah, his, his save percentage is almost the same as Georgiev, but uh, there's been some games where you just start shaking your head there. And we saw that in the playoffs last year too, which is why I was mm -hmm. concerned about this goaltending duo. But uh, I think the fact is when this group's fully healthy, the Avalanche are a very tough team to beat no matter what, but they've just had a tough time actually having a full lineup out there. Let's go back to the Eastern Conference here for topic number two in a team and a GM and Steve Eiserman who has quite the dilemma heading up to the trade deadline. This team is actually ahead of a group like the Florida Panthers in terms of points percentage, 41 points. They're seven back of the Penguins for that final wildcard spot in the East and they have a game in hand. But the big question kind of is, what do they? What do you think they could do on the trade front? They have some really interesting pending UFAs, a guy like Dylan Larkin, who I don't know if you saw that hilariously awkward interview with mm -hmm. him and Paul Bissonnette on TNT the other day, but I don't think you're moving Larkin, but you have guys like Tyler Bertuzzi, who if you were to dangle him at 50% retained, man, some contenders would probably love to add that guy ahead of the playoffs, but at the same time, you will probably want to send the right message to your young core and do right by guys like Cider and Larkin and other young pieces there, and you maybe don't want to totally sell off. You want them to get the experience of playing in a playoff push down the stretch, so maybe you just stand pat. Or do you think it would make sense maybe for the Wings to see if they can add some long-term pieces? If you were in Steve Eiserman's shoes, Stephen Ellis, this is where I'm getting, what would you do at the deadline? I still think this is a team that still needs to maybe have another good draft or two to really kind of bulk up there. Um, one name... Definitely, I think if you're if you're going for an attack, you maybe go out there and see what uh, teams looking for. Maybe in Marco Rossi, 
uh, or sorry, uh, Marco Casper, um, who they picked last year in the first round. But uh, I think with the Red Wings, you still got to keep just building towards that future. I don't think trading Dylan Larkin is the right thing. Uh, but you're going out there, and maybe you're just trading off a guy like Oscar Sundstrom, who you know he's played at the the Blues during that Stanley Cup run a couple of years ago. He's got that experience. He's cheap. Uh, maybe you go out there and you get a I don't know what draft pick you maybe get a second or third, but you just keep accumulating those. So um, to me, I think you, I don't think they're going to have a super aggressive. Um, I don't think going out there and selling off because this is a big step for the team. I don't. I didn't expect the Red Wings to be as kind of this much in the conversation, um, but I also don't think making the playoffs is great for them either. I think they still should be looking for those picks. So uh, I think that you just it, you, you listen to every offer. Uh, this is a team that really should afford to be doing that, but I don't think they're going to go out there and blow things up or start acquiring all these big things and potentially hurt the future. I think you're looking at and say, we trust this group. This is the long term we're looking at here. Uh, we can be patient. I, the one thing that's really interesting to me is between the pipes. Frank talked about this the other day, but Magnus Helberg is uh one of the waiver claims, they apparently really like him. Alex Nedeljkovic has been down on a conditioning stint for a while here. Vili Huso's their number one. Nedeljkovic pending UFA, $3 million cap hit right now. I wonder if they could look around the league to a team that needs goaltending in the Pacific, specifically the Seattle Kraken or maybe the LA Kings as well. And maybe they move out a piece like Nedeljkovic and recoup some assets uh, that way as well and continue building towards the future. Let's keep the trade talk going here. It's our daily deadline countdown segment, 52 days until the big day, that is. And today's article up at dailyfaceoff.com from Frank Saravalli is all about Jacob Chikrin, and it's titled Buyer Beware. And a couple of things that I found interesting from Frank's story is kind of how some teams view Chikrin. I think maybe some people who don't watch him a lot think, hey, legit top pairing guy going to turn around our blue line but frank writes teams believe chikrin is an average middle pair guy as a defender he has a tendency to be overly aggressive especially without the puck that leads to odd man rushes when he pinches at the blue line that leads to him losing his man losing his coverage in his own end maybe he's not quite the fit that teams think how do you view chikrin mr ellis and do you think he's a guy who contenders should be lining up to add to their blue line uh, I definitely agree that there's a liability there. And uh, I was telling you before the show here, I went to watch him twice uh, when he was a U16 player and both times he was injured. And that seemed to kind of just spark a guy who's has not played a full NHL season in his career yet. I guess we can kind of consider that that shortened COVID season, the 2020-2021 season. But uh, again, there's only 56 games. So this is a guy who's had an issue staying healthy. It feels like every couple of weeks we're looking at like, oh, he just left the game. Is he coming back? And then eventually comes back. And that that's definitely concerning. Um, but I, I when you look at him, Luke Hughes is a kind of an interesting comparison when I kind of watching him at the World Juniors where this is a guy that offensively, we know what he could do. He's very capable, um, but he does make a lot of mistakes in his own zone. He's not fully well-rounded. And for Chikorin, you know, he, he could put up a lot of points, but at the same time, when you look at the team he's on in the context, he has to kind of be that guy. Um, and I feel like he maybe gets stretched too thin sometimes. Uh, maybe if he goes somewhere where he doesn't have to be that guy, maybe we see someone who kind of mellows out a bit better. But um, 
he's just for the I, I understand the need the thought process of trading him but i've been saying it from the start arizona you need players to actually be playing that are nhl capable in the next couple of years do you really really need to trade him and i think that i still would like to see him stay there and, and be a part of the future as the future is starting to look a bit more promising for arizona but uh, I, I there's just a lot of red flags there just on the way he plays uh in his own zone and then just the injury history where uh, i think it's a big risk no matter what frank listed six potential fits in his story for uh, the coyotes defensemen the senators the leafs the kings the golden knights the oilers and the Panthers. I wonder about a team like the Panthers and their potential interest here because, again, he's a guy that has term. He's from that area as well. Uh, one of those six teams quickly, Stephen. Any one of them jump out to you as a good landing spot? It's like, again, I, I, I still think that it, I just don't want to see him traded. I think I just want to see him there in Arizona. Fair, Fair enough. Uh, let's look at some other demon that are potentially available because that was another part of the piece Frank has up. Uh, some guys who we kind of expect to be moved or who could potentially be moved before the deadline. John Klingberg in Anaheim, Vladislav Gavrikov in Columbus, Matthias Ekholm in Nashville, Eric Carlson, Jake McCabe, Joel Edmondson. But one guy who's really interesting to me, if you're a team looking for an offensive defenseman and maybe you don't want to commit to the term, you don't want to pay the price for Jacob Chikrin, what about Shane Gostisbehere? I mean, this is a guy who can put up points. This is a guy who's a pending UFA, 28 points in 40 games on a Coyotes team that's largely been below average for most of the season. If the asking price for Chikrin is a first, a first, and a prospect, what's the asking price for Gostisbehere? We could be talking about maybe just a second, maybe just a third. Get that money retained down. You can squeeze him in along with some other additions. I think when I look at this list, Gostisbehere is the name who might be a little bit undervalued compared to what we're hearing about everyone else and their asking prices. I think part of that is just because his career has been a lot of hit or miss. You look at his yeah. start in Philadelphia and everyone's like, oh, like this guy's going to be huge. And then he had a couple of off years. He was a healthy scratch a lot. I think going to Arizona, the pressure was off and he was going out there and, and was able to play the best hockey we've seen him play. And uh, obviously he could put up points. He's a guy that for me, just because of some of the decision-making he makes um, with the puck, I always thought he would have been better as like a middle six forward. I feel like that's the path sure. he should have gone. But uh, obviously he knows how to put up points. And again, kind of like Chikorin, if he goes to a place where he can kind of be a bit more freewheeling and play with someone who is a bit more defensively grounded, uh, I think that he'd be a very valuable pickup. The name who also jumps out, and we just started hearing about him over the last couple of days, is Matt Dumba out in Minnesota. And I'm fascinated by this one because the Minnesota Wild are in a playoff spot. They're a team whose window is firmly right now. Matt Dumba, a UFA at the end of the year, carries a $6 million cap hit. And what we're hearing is they'd like to make a hockey trade, maybe add to their forward group potentially as well. And Frank's done a lot about this being the year of the third-party broker. And I kind of wonder if this could also be the year of the three-team trade, you know, a guy like Matt Dumba, maybe that's a piece that intrigues one of those six teams we listed as potential fits for Jacob Chikrin, but obviously those teams don't really want to subtract from their active roster either. So could you use a third party not only to hold some money, but also maybe send a forward the way of the Minnesota Wild? I think about a guy maybe like a Brock Besser, or we're even hearing rumblings about Kuzmenko in Vancouver. Like, could the Canucks be a team who says, yeah, We'll give Minnesota their forward, and we get a pick, and whoever the third team is, you get Dumba, and oh, you're also giving us a pick as well. I wonder if we could see some more three-team trades. It's spicy. 
yeah, no, I like that. And for Dumba, it's something where Kalen Addison coming along and playing as well as he's done in Minnesota. He's yeah. the top scoring uh, defenseman uh, for the the rookie race. Having him play as good as he has has made Dumba a bit more expendable. And I think for the Wild, you know, it's a it's a solid team. You know, when the goaltending's hot, the goaltending's hot. And I think that the blue line is pretty decent, but they can use some extra scoring punch. So uh, if it means trading Dumba, I think it's 100% worth it because uh, I, I do like Minnesota's kind of long-term defensive outlook. So again, he's to me, that's expendable. Let's move along to our big segment today. We are now a week removed from the World Junior Hockey Championships, and junior hockey is buzzing with all these trades. Let's get into a couple of prospects, though, that you've had your eye on in the next wave. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next wave is brought to you by Montana's. And Stephen, fans love watching the World Juniors and generally overreacting to what they see there. We get a lot of that around the hockey world. So we have three names that you have as kind of being disappointing in the World Juniors. And I want to know how concerned these fan bases should be with these prospects. So the first name is Brad Lambert. It felt like it was his ninth or 10th World Juniors, um, but he was not that good in the tournament. How concerning was that World Juniors for Lambert for you? And also, right move sending him back to junior. Yeah, so Lambert going to Seattle, a team that just can't seem to stop scoring. And that was one of the teams rumored to be in on Connor Bedard. And just that would have been like the junior super team if that happened. But Lambert is someone where... I'd say two, three years ago, we were looking at him for the 2022 draft as a very 
potential number one prospect. And he fell late mm -hmm. in the first round. Uh, a lot of scouts were just concerned about he had fantastic speed. And when he shoots, he can shoot. But his compete level was weak, uh, wasn't great defensively, and just kind of looked disengaged a lot. And I think we saw that at the juniors where Finland needed him to go out there and put up a lot of points. He just had the one goal, wasn't like virtually invisible. The Finns as a whole kind of just underwhelmed. But this isn't just a one-time thing. In the summer, he was a healthy scratch for the bronze or for the um, the semifinal in the gold medal game. That was a bit of a shock. And then he started the year, had a really good preseason with the Jets, started off looking okay in the AHL, and then he just had three points before going to the junior. So this is not just a short-term thing for Lambert. There are a lot of concerns where, again, you He's got the speed to be a very quality NHL player. He's got the skill to be a quality NHL player. Why can't he put this on every single night? There's too many shifts where I feel like he's just floating out there. So I'm definitely concerned. Uh, I, he's got the talent to, to rebound, but right now it's just not looking good. I think going over to the WHL and hopefully putting up a lot of points can gain his confidence back, but it's been a tough year. Yeah, he seems like just such a boomer bust kind of prospect. Either this guy's going to figure it out and score 25 plus goals for a decade in the NHL, or he's just going to fizzle out and never have much of a career. It feels like one of those situations. Uh, the second player you have on the list is Bruins prospect Fabian Lysel, who was ejected in the bronze medal game, I believe, and it put an end to a relatively quiet tournament for the guy. Uh, but again, the scale of not concerned to very concerned. Where do you sit here and what did you see that was concerning in the World Juniors? Well, he was brought in to generate offense and to score goals, and getting zero points in seven games definitely is not exactly what you like to see. Uh, compared to Lambert, I'm not concerned. I think the kind of just his body of work in the AHL stands for itself. Getting to watch him with Providence, this is a guy that I think is going to be a key piece of Boston's top six for a while. Uh, very quick skater, just like Lambert, maybe one of the fastest skating prospects in the league. I feel like there's points where he'll rush the puck and no one can keep up with him. The play just fizzles out, so that's something at the NHL level, I think people will be able to keep up with him a bit more, but very few prospects can shoot a wrist shot like Fabian Lysel, so I'm not concerned. And let's go between the pipes for our third name here, and I'm going to do my best not to butcher this name, Stephen, but it's Canucks goaltending prospect Aku Koskeno. Did I nail it? Koskinvo, so very close. And Koskinvo. this is a guy that entering this tournament had a whopping two games uh, played for Harvard. He went and played at uh, a, a U20 Five Nations tournament and looked really good in November. But otherwise, this is a guy that just didn't play a whole lot. And uh, it looked like he was still going to be the starting goalie. You know, he was the high-profile Finnish goalie prospect. Finland was the only team with two NHL goalie prospects in the entire tournament, which was quite shocking. But uh, going out there and just... He did not look comfortable in the pre-tournament game against the United States. I feel like he was part of the reason why they lost. Then they go out there, they lose to Switzerland. You know, all credit to the Swiss. Uh, I thought he looked. I thought they looked great out there. But Koskinville allowed a couple goals. You would have hoped to save. And then they started him against the United States again for the final game to decide who wins uh, the group. And I think that one was really important because Finland was the team that had more points. And if they held on to that group victory, they may have had a completely different run to the championship. Uh, instead, they were out in the quarterfinal. And part of that, I think, was Koskinvo just laid an egg against the Americans. So uh, I think this is someone where he's still a talented goalie. I think he's, he's got great size. He's 6'4". I think he was 6'4 when I saw the WHF um, size chart. But uh, when it comes to him, he just needs to start playing because this is a guy that's got about six games played all year long and it's not necessarily due to injuries so um i i'm a little concerned but i still think he's got the talent to bounce back it's just like again playing time matters
Yeah, and that's a really good point as well, especially with a position like that. You want to see guys getting those reps in at different levels. Uh, fantastic insight, as always, from you, Stephen Ellis. The next wave brought to you by Montana's. They're bringing back the viewing party this season. And today, Wednesday, oh, look at that. Look at that. All you can eat ribs at your local Montana's. Head to montanas.ca for more info. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO, and I love this one, Stephen. One song that you can ban from NHL games for eternity. What are you picking? I was going to go for a hot take and say uh, the entire discography, so it's not one song, but the entire discography of the Tragically Hip, but I'm actually going to go with Sweet Caroline. That song should be nowhere near a hockey rink. It's just, just so annoying the the fact that the only lyrics anyone actually knows is the oh 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 part it's just no no thank you i'm it, there's too many songs that get played over and over again like seven nation army blah 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 and I, I challenge djs to actually go out there and be creative i used to be a dj for junior hockey games and you know i'd say like i, I played a lot of stuff that you won't hear typically at games a lot of some 41 a lot of dragon force a lot of more obscure metallica um but you know what let's hear something just a Bit different you got layers like an onion Stephen ellis a prospects guy a fantasy guy and a music buff as well i love it um for me it is like not a song but it's this thing that's done now at stadiums in like across all sports they do the freddie mercury like vocal warm-up thing i think it's oh, like yeah. a live aid show and it, they try to get the crowd doing like the hey oh i hate it I hate it. I get that it like gets the fans engaged and all of that, but that is my one thing that drives me absolutely bananas. And it's at the point where not even when I'm just at NHL games and they do it and I have the biggest eye roll ever, it's when I'm watching a game on TV, they're coming back from break, the puck is dropping, and I now like hear it in the background and it drives me nuts. I can't stand that cheesy stuff just trying to get like cheap fan engagement. I hate it. I'll, I'll add to that. Just if you need a sound bite to get the fans excited, you're doing it wrong. And I think a good example of that is the Spangler Cup. Uh, the crowd at Davos is absolutely like electric all game long. They're loving life. And I, I know that's more of a European sports thing, but European mm -hmm. fans just enjoy the game for what it is. You don't need music to go out there and get the crowd excited. So if you need a song to get people to like feel engaged, again, you need a completely different atmosphere there. And uh, also the thing about the Spangler Cup is, because uh, I love that tournament, that might be the only time I ever see like the refs get cheered at the start of every game. Like you, when they get go out in an NHL ice, they're always instantly booed, but the refs are appreciated there. I don't know, it's different. Maybe the home side would get more calls if uh, we adapted that in North America a little bit. Uh, to wrap up this conversation, the wave, yes or no? No, I just, it's weak. It's weak. And it's like, well, wasn't the original meeting was like, it was just like fans were just mad at their team and that was their way of saying you suck? Wasn't that the original have, meaning of that? There's so many different like origin stories for the wave. I honestly have no idea. Um, all right. We, we got to wrap this up and move along to our points bet daily bets. Went one and one yesterday because, of course, the one time I bet on the Jets, Connor Hellebuck has probably his worst game of the season. So bang on accurate for the year. But let's get into tonight's slate brought to you by points by Canada. Actually, not a ton. I love I don't want to touch the Leafs because, again, no Austin Matthews and they're playing a red hot uh 
Nashville team, but I do have a play for this game, and it's Nino Niederreiter to go over one and a half shots. He's hit this in four of his last five, and he's been at least three shots on goal in three of those five. He's crushing it. This line shouldn't be set at one and a half. The payout's not great at minus 180, so what I'm doing here is I'm parlaying this bad boy. I'm throwing it in with Eric Gustafson to go over one and a half shots as well. With John Carlson out, Gustafson's been picking up a lot of the offensive slack on this blue line. He's a guy who, if you can still get him in fantasy, I'd take a peek at him. But he's gone over this mark in four of his last five as well. I love both these guys to do it. You play them together, it's plus 140, and I love it so much I'm throwing two units on it. I'm really confident in these two guys. I love when shot props get dropped down to that one and a half mark, and I think we're getting a ton of value in two guys who have been crushing it as of late. So, Stephen, that is my one play. It is a big parlay as well. And uh, yeah, anything you like tonight on the NHL slate? I know you dabble a little bit. Well, I'll be at the Leafs uh, Predators game. I love uh, just seeing Nashville's jerseys in person. I'm a big jersey guy. I, I, I can sort of see yeah. my list of 80 jerseys over there, but uh, I will always have a soft spot for when teams go out there and have super bright jerseys. So I always like seeing Nashville in, in person. But it'll be, you know, I, I've I watched a lot of AHL games. I'm excited to see Bobby McMahon make his NHL debut. So it's a good night for that. Should be a good night of hockey. Let's get to garbage time. Usually I cede the floor to you, but I'm taking it today. Uh, saw that the trailer for the PGA Netflix series dropped today, and it looks fantastic. What a year to be following the PGA with all the live tour stuff. So I'm very excited for this. It's from the people who made Drive to Survive as well. And I'm saying, Stephen, why do we not have more stuff like this in hockey. I know there was that kind of weird Leafs documentary that went out on Amazon. I know the Oilers do stuff, but it's behind their Oilers plus paywall. I think it is just such an easy way to grow the game. There are great stories in hockey. And I even think back to when they would do the Winter Classic series on HBO and how good that was and how many sound bites and video clips still go around from that series today. NHL needs to be more bingeable. Steven, your thoughts? I agree. And it's something where just the best marketing tour, the marketing material, you look at Drive to Survive, where F1 was kind of out of the part where it wasn't really getting too exciting, wasn't growing. This show comes in to a league or a series that is typically very like guarded, like very hard to get access to the drivers mm -hmm. and saw us shown a side that got people who didn't care about racing one bit to fall in love with the sport so i think it's a no-brainer the the my one concern is we we are starting to see more things like this indycar's doing one uh nascar's did one and then you got golf so i feel like eventually it might get a bit oversaturated but you know it's yeah. also different sports different markets who knows and it just goes to show that if you kind of push the envelope marketing wise and don't just do the same old stuff over and over again good things can happen like with the sport of F1, which is the fastest growing sport now in North America. Fantastic stuff today. Steven, thanks to everyone who tuned in on the Daily Faceoff YouTube and on our Twitter and Facebook. If you miss a show, we are available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts from as well. In the meantime, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all your hockey needs. Frank Saraval back in the big chair tomorrow. We'll chat with you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.